Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week, the last week of November and bridging into the first week of December. And I can hardly believe it, right? It is coming very close to the end of the year. Yoza! And also then that means we're getting close to a new year. Mm full of potential, perhaps. Uh, it is, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. Actually, I'm getting over COVID, of all things. And uh, interesting little bug. I really have not been uh, all that well over the last week. So uh, today was the first day because I didn't, I, I tested negative, my husband tested negative, we could go back to life as usual, except I don't usually go anywhere anyway, but I thought I would join us, uh, join you all here this morning just to say hello. And because we have quite a bit of, of things happening that I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of. So it's good to be here. If I break down coughing, I apologize. I've got my water. I've got my coffee. Uh, none of which I usually get to drink very much of during our chats. Uh, but at any rate, we're going to give this the good old college try. So far, it's good to see Tom and Judy Wheeler out there. Uh, Tom is right. Today, we are going to be talking about the shift in the north and the south nodes. Now, when we talk about shifting nodes in human design, we're talking about a quicker shift than what we're talking about in astrology. In astrology, when we're looking at the shifting nodes, we're looking at how they shift over uh, 18 months period of time. When we're looking at them in human design, every three and a half months, the nodes shift from one gate to another, but albeit they're all still shifting across the same axis or within the same sign that the nodes are sitting in. So for example, the nodes have been transiting through the sign of Taurus and the North node in Taurus, the South node in Scorpio. So we're still contending with gates in your human design that are across Taurus and Scorpio, but different pieces of that energy, little different little storylines within the nodal signs. So we're going to talk about that today because the shift, to me, the shift sets us up for a blessing time in December, even moving into January. And of course, that's against the backdrop of a lot of other things that are also happening astrologically and human design wise. But I feel like it's time for us all to take a look at the patterns of the past that we really can let go of now as we aim more toward the blessings, the gate 24, the forgiveness, and move into that new trajectory. Uh, first today, though, let's talk about our moon, the moon in the sign of Aquarius. I had no idea all week long where the moon has been. I couldn't care less what, what any of the astrology transits were. Frankly, I was just sitting in my chair with my feet up, snoozing most of the week. Uh, but today, as I looked at it, I went, oh, interesting. The moon is in Aquarius. <clears throat> the moon represents our lunar rhythm. We talk about it every day when, when I come on air. It's one of the first things we like to talk about because the lunar rhythm sets us up for our emotions and how it is that we're going to be feeling, not just you and me, but everyone, right? How's everyone feeling around this energy uh, that the moon is presenting us with today? Now, today, the moon has a long list of aspects that it is making to other planets. It is in a sextile to the sun and Venus. It is in a square to Uranus, whoops, expect explosions or expect unexpectedness. Uh, it is also in a sextile to Mercury. So that tells us that the Sun and Venus and Mercury are still relatively close together in the same sign. And we also have a trine to Mars. And in just a little bit, we're going to have the conjunction of the moon to Saturn. So it feels to me a little bit like a roller coaster ride today with the ups and the downs of the different transits that the moon or aspects that the moon will be making with the different planets. But if we look at this in the context of the aspects being a part of the bigger picture and the bigger picture here being of an Aquarian fringiness, I like the word fringe, fringy when we talk about Aquarius energy, 
and odd, right? This is a sign where the moon moves through here and gives us or brings up quirkiness. It brings up the uh, that fringy kind of I'm on the edge. I'm on an edge of a breakthrough, perhaps. Uh, just I'm being different. I see things differently. Uh, I feel different. And the the main energy then is really about how do I see things in a different way, in a different light. And there's also the potential then for going off into tangents, right? New directions, not the tried and true, but perhaps the untried and the untrued, right? <laughs> so we get into uh, the energy of differentness. Now, owing to the fact that uh, Aquarius rules the 11th house of the astrology chart and the 11th house rules our friends, the networks of people, our social media, uh, that means that when the moon moves through Aquarius, we also have a connection then to our friends and our networks and the associations with the people around us. So they could be the people who we consider friends, the friends of friends, uh, or just our colleagues, or maybe the associations of people. Maybe we belong to a group or a club or an association, and we know people uh, from being a part of that group. And in, in this respect, then, in Aquarius, what we have is the coming together of people for a common purpose or for a cause, right? There's a reason why we might all come together and do something. For example, <clears throat> you might come together uh, as a cause to raise money uh, to feed homeless people or come together as a group of networkers to, uh, you know, push uh, a new plan of action of some sort out into the world. So a cause or a purpose. And typically, because Aquarius has such a hum humanistic uh, energy to it, it would be something the cause or purpose of, of um, forwarding humane uh, concepts or human uh, needs, so forth. Now, we also have the idea here in Aquarius that we are seeing the future or we are innovating and inventing uh, things, high tech, perhaps, that set us up for the future. This is where human genius and brilliance shows through and where we might, might have breakthroughs or break breaking into new energies or new concepts or new ways of doing things it has a distinctly futuristic tone to it. And the fact that we have Saturn in the sign of Aquarius has been telling us for quite the while now that we are needing to build something for the future. Saturn is the master builder. He is the one that is the, you know, get to the foundation, build from the roots up. And uh, in this case has been showing us where things are not set up for the future and where it is we might need to do some more work to get ourselves ready for the future. Now, also with the moon in Aquarius, we're seeing the interconnectedness of everything. And not just, you know, the interconnectedness of, our, of us as humans, our humanity, but the interconnectedness between us and spirit, us and the earth, us and the galaxies, right, or all of uh, life in general. And indeed, then we find ourselves then working for the common good. What is the, what is in the best interests of humanity as a whole? And then as well, becoming a champion then for human rights, for the rights of people, for the rights of life, for the life rights, right? The life, uh, the right to live, right? The right, and, and we're, you know, even if it looks like we're, you know, having arguments about things around life and, you know, who gets to determine, you know, what, um, you know, who gets to use what uh, as far as a resource. Uh, we, these are all issues that are meant to set us up for a future of much more sustainability, right? Preserving what's good and becoming good stewards because we're the ones with the highest consciousness or at least the ability to vocalize our consciousness on the planet. Because I would argue that maybe there are other sentient beings such as trees that even though they can't vocalize are far more wise and utilize their wisdom far greater in far greater ways than say humans. But here's our opportunity as humans 
to tap into something higher than our usual waking consciousness and to become a champion, not just for human rights, but for all rights. And of course, in the shadow, we always have the shadow because we can't have the light if we don't have the shadow. And in the shadow of Aquarius energy, we have a feeling of our head in the clouds, like we're just kind of not seeing what's right smack in front of us, right? We're just sort of off in the ether somewhere, um, wandering around, but not really catching on to what the relationships are and how all of the interconnectedness is uh, working for our good or against our good, depending on uh, how we're using the energy. There's a tendency with the moon in um, Aquarius to get kind of rigid in our opinions or rigid in our stance, right? This is the way it's going to be. There isn't any other way for it to be. This is what I believe and your beliefs are stupid. Um, so I get into a dogma or I get into a rigid belief system. I get stubbornly ensconced into a way of believing. Um, and then that brings us into being unrelatable. And that is one of the lower energies of Aquarians is that their, their difference, um, their uniqueness, their um, quirkiness uh, leads them to feel like or to actually be unrelatable to other people. They get so far down into their, their unusualness that others cannot understand them. And then eventually the lower energy in Aquarius doesn't even try to be understood anymore, right? It's almost like they wear this badge of, of uh, honor about not being understood. <clears throat> but of course, in all of this, we are meant to be interconnected and feel that interconnectedness so one of the, the natural rhythms the moon will restore during this period of time is the ability to see how we are all interconnected. So uh, it's good to see some of you out there this morning. Londa, hello. I miss you too. Pam Zaruba, good morning. Christine Buckingham, hello. And Joan Durchy says, good morning. We got hit with the same bug in our house. It's stupid, right? I mean, I wait until what, two and a half, almost three years into the pandemic and then I get COVID, right? And then I have to question those tests. Are they really even valid? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you I felt crappy, uh, but I didn't feel like uh, I couldn't get over it. I felt like it wasn't any worse than a really bad head cold. And I'm giving that to having had the vaccines and the uh, backup vaccines and also having been able to take really good care of myself over the last few months making sure I've had all my supplements and that I did my best to stay away from any sick people. But unfortunately, my husband goes to work every day out there in the world around sick people and then brings it home. What can I say? Uh, I am grateful to be feeling better, although tired is the big key here, right? Fatigue. Like yesterday, I got up and I actually moved around the house. I actually made breakfast. I made dinner. But at the end of the night, I was done for. So I'm hoping today I can get through my clients and take another rest and just build up some stamina uh, after having that. Uh, I, <laughs> Christine, I hear the nasalness in your voice. Uh, yep, I'm really hoping that I don't end up in the coughing part of this. Terry's had this cough for like three weeks. And I only seem to cough when I'm talking too much or... Um, when I first wake up in the morning. So hopefully I'm getting better. Now we have a long list of aspects going on this week, <laughs> different transits and different aspects that planets are making. It's almost like we took a break for what last Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, except we had a nodal shift Sunday. And now we're back on a week's long uh, transit list the things that are popping up in our in our transits. And these are basically astrological transits that I'm talking about right now. But one of the big transits, of course, for the day is that the sun and earth are moving into a new set of gates for the week. We, the sun has moved into the gate nine called the gate of focus or uh, in, in quantum human design. Now it is called the gate of convergence, although I don't get that name or that word. I really believe in the traditional name here, focus really fits the bill. 
and the earth moved into the gate 16, which is called the gate of enthusiasm or in quantum human design called the gate of zest. I think that's a stretch, right? We're stretching for new words to describe the same energy, which is all about enthusiasm and being able, because it sits on the throat, to express enthusiastically. And we're going to break that down in a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about the other major aspect for the day, which is Mars in a trine aspect to Saturn. Remember, Mars is in retrograde. I didn't even write that here. Mars retrograde in Gemini. And he is in a trine today with Saturn in Aquarius that the moon is about to conjunct. So we have we have a sort of sense here that while Mars is in retrograde and we can't make like, you know, uh, jackrabbit moves forward, we can enact a steady pace, right? Taking a, a step at a time, moving forward towards something. So if you have uh, some plan that you are in the process of, of enacting, or if you're building something or you're working towards something, this is the day, and actually yesterday, today, and a couple of days, even hence from here, uh, the energy of Mars trining Saturn gives us that steady pace, that ability to move slowly even, but, you know, better to move slowly and then not have to undo everything or redo everything, such as the case may be, um, but to be able to, you know, catch ourselves if we're about to fall or to, you know, how um, manifesting generators, this is the thing about manifesting generators, they, they've got vast amounts of energy, they can jackrabbit forward and they can multitask and do all these things, but often they shoot beyond the mark or they, they, they miss something, they miss a detail. And this energy of Mars slowing us down in retrograde and in a trine with Saturn helps us to slow things down enough to maybe not miss the obvious things, right? The things that we should have taken care of first. Now, manifesting generators, of course, you're designed to do that. You are designed to move beyond uh, and to keep moving. Uh, but sometimes that can take you into impatience and you move beyond the one thing that you should have gotten in place first. And then you get further along and realize, oh, darn, I need to go backwards and pick that up. So all of us right now can wait for the right timing. <clears throat> and in fact, waiting for the right timing is preferable to jackrabbiting forward, right? So slow down the pace, be okay with the fact that things are taking longer um, or that you know, you have more steps between A and B than what you thought, okay? Tuesday, tomorrow, Mercury is in an opposition to Mars, and then Mercury also in a sextile to Saturn. So we have the Mercury-Saturn-Mars show tomorrow. Today, we have the Mars-Saturn show. So tomorrow, we just add another planet to the mix, Mercury. And here, here's where we get an opportunity. Mercury right now is in forward motion. Although in December early, he's going to be moving into the shadow of his next retrograde. But right now, this week, he's in forward motion. So what we get is the opportunity then for a plan, for enacting a plan. So if you don't have a plan to get to where you want to go, right, if you haven't even thought 10 steps ahead, this might be the week to do that, even though plan on the plan taking a little bit longer than what you expect, right? Plan for delays plan for things to show up that you didn't expect. But the idea here is that if we're planning for the long term, then we have a way to be able to handle those disruptions when they occur. And as the same at the same moment here, we also have thinking that can interrupt our taking action, which honestly, I think is a good thing here right? Our, we might be, we might stop ourselves from taking the next step because we get into our mind and we're thinking, okay, wait a minute, if A plus B equals C, and right now I have A plus B equals nothing, we might slow things down enough to get the plan in motion correctly. So we might be able to um, see the plan from a bigger uh, point of view, right? Seeing the bigger picture. That's an important thing to keep in mind because when we get into the human design energy of the nine and the 16, where the sun and earth are this week, you're going to see how valuable that Mercury slowing or Mars slowing us down, Mercury and Saturn working together to make sure our thinking is in the right vein 
and that we are being a little more circumspect in how it is that we're taking action. Now, on the downside, though, we also have Mercury uh, in that sextile to Saturn, but also I think in the opposition to Mars, that can be one of those things that we talk ourselves into and out of things, right? Sounds really good. Let's go do this. We're going to do it this way. And then we get to the, the next step and we're like, ooh, wait a minute. No, 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 that isn't going to work. And we talk ourselves back out of it. And that can lead us to be indecisive. And that can be another little um, Achilles heel for the week ahead is this indecision. But the indecision isn't born out of we don't know enough. It's that we are overthinking, right? We get into overthinking and we cut off our next steps. So we're going to have to find a balance, right? The balance between taking action and having a plan and following the plan, but also really using our minds in a way to see, does the plan really fit? So if the plan doesn't fit, we might have to rethink it, reimagine it. Mars in retrograde, in Gemini, reimagining, rethinking, slowing things down a bit, becoming more um, uh, conscious of what our steps are doing, but also more patient, right? Patience. Patience is a virtue. Wednesday, Venus opposes Mars. So now we have our relationships and our finances and our values all in an opposition to Mars in retrograde in Gemini. And that puts Venus, Sun, and um, Mercury all in Sagittarius energy. So remember, Sagittarius energy is a little bit of the explorer, the adventurer. He's pushing the boundaries. But he's also got that arrow aimed directly at the heart of something or at truth or at least the truth as he knows it in that moment. So the thing is, in that moment, in every moment, our truth can change based on what is happening. Now, the absolute truths never change, but our connection to that truth changes. So we have to watch out for that, that that, that opposition isn't pulling us outside of our value system, that we're not somehow being siren songed into being something or doing something that isn't true or authentic to ourselves. Remember Venus in Sagittarius, she can be blunt, right? This is a, a need for honesty and integrity and being ethical. And who's the most important person to be in that integrity with? Yourself, right? Being true to yourself. So aligning with your own sense of ethics, your own moral code, your own compass, your own truth and being authentic and being in your own authority. Now that's Wednesday the 30th. And is that right? The 30th. Yes. And Thursday we have Mercury in a square to Neptune and also Venus in a sextile to Saturn. So what we're seeing are the inner planets now. Remember, it started with Mercury in those same uh, uh uh, aspects to Saturn and to Mars. And now we're seeing Venus in those aspects. So now we're adding again, the personal love, um, our value system, our, our self-worth, our um, true worth, our, our actual uh, worth without thinking about being uh, only worthy because of things we do or who it is, what it is that we can do for others. It's our true worth, right? Mercury in a square to Neptune can cause our thinking to get a little bit or a lot unclear, right? There can be confusion and there can be a sense of not knowing what's next or not knowing what to do. Our thoughts could be taking us around and around on the merry-go-round and we can have a lot of really cool uh, thoughts that come in that are not grounded um, but we can also have direct access to intuition. Now, here's the deal, though. We have Neptune about to turn direct. He turns direct on Saturday, on uh, December 3rd. And when Neptune is retrograde, it's one of those times when a retrograde planet really taps us into something much more spiritual, much more uh, intuitive or instinctual. And when he turns direct, we begin to possibly question our intuition uh, or our inner knowing in a way that we hadn't been over the previous four or five months while Neptune had been in retrograde. 
So we we're sitting at the crux of that. And with Mercury in a square to Neptune, it may be the battle between our thinking mind, our logic, and our knowingness or our intuitiveness, right? And I always want to say at this point in time, remember in human design, especially in human design, we value all three ways of knowing. The first is about logic and the and the recognition of patterns. As, as things start to unfold, we start to see a pattern. And in the pattern, we can predict what the outcome is going to be, right? So logic is really just the recognition of patterns and then how then we can predict what the outcome is from the pattern. That's only one third of the way that we know. The second way is the instinctual intuitive awareness. And that is, you know, born in the body from a millennia of wisdom gathered in as a human being, understanding seasons and understanding on some visceral level what needs to happen next or what is about to happen, tapping into that gut instinct. The third way is knowingness, pure knowingness. I don't know how I know what I know. I just know. And it's perhaps the most difficult because it's unprovable, right? There's no way that I can prove to you why I know what I know. It just is, right? It's just there. So and when we have Mercury in a square to Neptune, then what we have is likely the logical mind coming into some kind of, of um, distrust, perhaps, of inner knowingness that we might call instinct or intuition, but also coming up against knowingness, you know, really questioning why I think I need to go in that direction versus what it looks like I need to do, which is go in that direction. So it comes down to trust, comes down to faith in yourself and faith in how it is that these tools of knowingness show up for you. Is it all logic? Probably not, right? Is it all intuition? Probably not. Is it all knowingness? Probably not. It's going to be a combination of these things. So for us to arbitrarily default to thinking or processing through logic, is it does that does not compute, right? That does not make sense. Just like it doesn't make sense to be purely intuitive or purely knowing, right? So I hope everybody understands that and the difference in that. Um, because as Neptune then turns direct on Saturday, that's the, the last of this week's big transits, what we see is the tendency to want to question more of our intuition, at least around the wobbliness of it. The good news is, though, that if you've learned over the past three to four, or four months or five months now, while Neptune's been in retrograde, to trust your inner voice to trust the signs and the symbols of your dreams, or to trust when logic is appropriate and when it's not, then this should be an easy time, right? And we begin to, we get, begin to move forward, bringing in all of those gifts together and using them in their right and appropriate way, in their right and appropriate timing. All right. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Let's see who else is showing up here this morning. Uh, Amanda J., Thank you very much. Janice, good to see you. Uh, good. I'm glad you're feeling better finally. Pam Zaruba, self-care indeed. Debbie Tippett's to me. Good morning. A little late, but it's good to have you in, in nonetheless. Irene from Sweden. Good morning. And uh, <sighs> Debbie says one more week for my surgery. We're going to have to have a conversation. I need to look at your chart for that. I can't wait to feel better. So tired of being sick. <clears throat> you know, I understand that I have little, little tolerance for being sick, which means that I've taken for granted my good health, right? I've taken for granted feeling good. And then suddenly when you don't feel good, it becomes like this giant smack in the forehead that, wow, 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 wow. You know, for some people not feeling good is a pattern that they are in. And for whatever, you know, soul learning that they're here for that, that purpose or for that experience. So I know for me that valuing my health, big deal after this, right? Because I just don't 
enjoy being sick. Not that anybody does, right? I don't think there's anybody out there that really enjoys being sick, but I really get a clear picture now of what it means to be healthy, right? And to really value one's health. Okay. Uh, let's move on into the sun and earth, and then we're going to move into the nodal shift. So we got big things happening in the behind the scenes. But like I said, in the bigger picture, in the bigger picture, behind the scenes, right? Everything is based on blessings. And I, I say that almost tongue in cheek because I know the world looks pretty upsetting. And, you know, the, the fact that, you know, so many things are going on can sometimes we lose sight, we can lose sight of the blessings that are really there before um, the next period of time, the more that we focus in on blessings, the better off we are going to be. So I set that as the tone, even for this week's sun and earth energy with the sun moving into the gate nine, which is called the gate of convergence in quantum human design. I don't get that word in this position. So I'm going to stick with the traditional human design word focus. So the gate nine is about focus. In fact, you know what? I am actually going to, I haven't done this in a while. I'm actually going to share my screen. Now I got to remember how to do that. Is it present? Because they changed everything here. Ah, share screen. Okay. And it is a tab and it is genetic matrix. Awesome. So hopefully you guys are seeing my screen and here is this lovely uh, human design mandala that um, shows us both human design with the human design body graph here in the middle with the astrology on the outer wheel. And as you all know, I really value astro design, being able to marry both astrology and human design as we have these conversations. So when we look first in uh, black is what I, uh, the black lines here represent where the sun and the earth are for this week. So the gate nine is a gate that sits on the sacral. So that already tells you it has something to do with doing this, right? With beingness, with getting uh, energy pushed outward into the world somehow. And at the gate nine, we have focus or we have the lack of focus, but it could also be hypervigilance, hyperfocus, or obsession. Now, uh, some people, you know, if you have this gate naturally in your chart, this isn't something new. You're used to this kind of energy. But for those of you who do not have the gate nine, all of a sudden you might find, you know, where you've had this, you know, one track mind or where you have a scattered mind. We sometimes said in some respects, this sun, this gate can sometimes make us feel like we have ADD where we're kind of going, ooh, ooh, ooh you know, we're going in different directions. Um, so we can have hyper-focused obsession, or we can have that, you know, squirrel feeling where our attention's constantly being shifted, our focus constantly being shifted. And I guess it really depends on what planet you might have sitting there in your own natal chart as to how this might show up. But now the sun is here. So the sun is bringing us this ability to focus our energies, right? To focus our time, our resources, our minds on something, right? On something. So what are we learning this week then with the sun here? Uh, we're learning where to focus our energy. And here in this gate, we really have this need to be able to see the forest for the trees. Uh, we have to learn to see both, right? It is a, a gate that sometimes can get so focused, gets that hyper focus into a detail or into a small little piece of the picture. And so we can seem blind or blinded to the bigger picture. So we have to work to make sure that we're not overly focused on the details, but also that we're not so focused on the bigger picture that we missed the details, right? So we have to find that balance. This is really what I, I like to call going down the rabbit hole kind of energy. So we can all get caught up in the magic of something and we can just drive down, down, down through this rabbit hole. But the rabbit hole, the one little nugget at the end of the rabbit hole isn't the whole picture. So that little nugget at the end is not any good. 
to you at all unless you can put it in the context of the bigger picture. So the shadow here, the shadow that we might be experiencing is indecision on where is it that we want to place our energy? Where do we want to place our thoughts? And then that can lead us to sort of the overwhelm or to confusion as uh, we have too many options, right? There are too many things. So we might have to uh, slow ourselves down. We might have to step back and maybe stop our processing and our incessant thinking um, in order to see what the what are the important parts of this next venture that we're taking or on the next thing that we're doing uh, or on this new beingness, right? So the nine really causes us to focus, but it doesn't, unless it's connected to the 52, which is down here, here's the 52, and it's not by any transiting planet at the moment, we don't have concentration energy. So we can get caught in the trap of focusing on things that really have no importance. So we can get caught in, you know, following that rabbit hole only to come up later and go, wow, well, that was an interesting trip. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things. So we have to be careful. The highest expression in this energy then is really about prioritizing our focus by backing up right? We have to back up, see the bigger picture, see what's most important in front of us, right? See the plan in the bigger context and then take steps accordingly, right? Taking the steps based on the bigger picture, uh, but not being so big picture focused that we miss the details, right? It's one of those, God, you know, conundrums. It is a pretty big conundrum in the grand scheme of things. Now the earth, the earth is sitting at the gate 16, which is up on the throat center. This is the gate that I told you is called enthusiasm. Uh, in quantum human design, it is called the gate of zest. I prefer to stick with enthusiasm. It makes much more sense here. And this is enthusiasm for taking flight, right? For growing those wings and really moving on out into the world, moving forward with your program, moving forward with your business. But did you do your homework first, right? Did you do your Saturn due diligence? Did you put the pieces together first? Or had you been so focused on one little detail uh, or that final outcome that you failed to take the sun into consideration here and you're going off half cocked, right? Half cocked. Everything is not in readiness. That one thing is, but not the whole thing, right? So it is an energy that warns us, the 16, not to get carried away with enthusiasm. Now, enthusiasm can take you far. Trust me when I say I get it, right? Enthusiasm can take you beyond where you thought you could go. But if it isn't used correctly. So the idea here is that enthusiasm is meant to be contagious, right? Your enthusiasm for something that a plan that's well planned out or well thought out or well uh, executed spreads that enthusiasm to other people and gets them on board with the idea. It's seductive almost in some respects, but it's really truly about contagious enthusiasm that has to be used correctly, right? If it's not used correctly, you get a bunch of people jazzed up for something and then the bottom falls out and now everybody's like, sucks, right? They're blaming you, right? <laughs> Especially if you're one of my fifth line profiles out there, you're going to get blamed. So the lesson in the gate uh, that the earth is bringing us is about tempering our enthusiasm long enough uh, to be prepared, right? To have taken all of the preparation steps and in the shadow, what happens here is we leap into the unknown without being prepared. <clears throat> or are you taking action from an idea or inspiration? Head energies, right? Here's the head centers. Are you taking action from here? Or um, are you taking action from an alignment with your type and your strategy or your authority, right? On the other hand, this can also be having done all the preparation, and you're ready to go, but you're holding yourself back 
from a feeling of not being ready. So we have either end here, right? Where it's enthusiasm that goes off half-cocked and not prepared and, um, you know, catches on with other people only to let them, you know, life or causing them to lose faith or holding yourself back from doing what you've prepared to do out of some crazy fear of not being ready. It does meet up. The 16 does meet up with the splenic fear, the 48 of not having adequate preparation or being inadequate or feeling inadequate. So the highest expression here, you have to have the courage to trust your intuition, that your timing is correct, that you are ready enough. Faith is the key here, right? This is a gate that this combination is really about having faith in your preparation, in your work that you've done. All right, questions or comments? I'll go back. Can I go back without that? No, I... Yes, I can. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Actually, I can even see the chart <laughs> and myself in this one, in this view. That's interesting. All right. So now I want to go back to the nodes because the nodes are, cha they changed yesterday. And the nodes, the north and the south node show us our life path trajectory and our life lessons. The north node showing us the direction that we're moving in. It's sort of the breathing out energy, right? And what, what it is that we're releasing to the world. So the south node represents the gifts and the talents and all the goodies that we have, the experiences that we've had, um, that we're meant to use in our next steps in toward the north node. But we often get caught trying to do the same things in the same way. And we end up stuck in the South Node energy. Now, that's kind of a, a quick way of describing what happens. The North Node collectively are things that we're meant to seed the future with, right? What are we taking outward into the world? And the South Node shows us possibly the, the journey of transformation here, right? What is it that how how do we transform what we own, what we have, what we've experienced in a way that allows us to move forward with the North Node? So hopefully that makes sense. When we're looking at the gate 24, that is where the North Node is now sitting. So we're moving. Now remember, first of all, these are these are Scorpio and uh, or Taurus and Scorpio gates. The 24, the North Node in, in Taurus is about going from chaos to stability and sometimes that chaos has to be part of our uh, moving towards stability because we've gotten into a comfort zone right we've gotten into this place where we're stuck and in order to move to the next level we're kind of jettisoned out by the north node into a new way of being that then feels chaotic at first feels unstable but it really is leading us to stability Okay, I hope that makes sense. Taurus, this is Taurus energy. Now, the gate 24 is called the gate of blessings in quantum human design. And here's where I really default to the quantum human design name. In the old traditional human design, it is called the gate of rationalization. Now, while that makes sense in some key ways, I really like the idea that rationalization is an old energy. And the new energy is about retelling the story, but from the perspective of blessing right? What blessings we have. So the gate itself, the gate 24 lies on the Ajna and it's moving up toward the gate 61, the gate of wonder and awe and magical thinking. But it also is a gate that is moving up to try to answer the question why. It translates knowingness, knowingness. Remember the, I don't know how I know what I know, I just know. And in the gate 61, we see the magic, but we want to know why. What does it mean? How do we use this energy? So in the gate 24, we can rationalize staying stuck, staying where we are, right? Not moving. Or we can also rationalize why not getting what we really truly desired is better than getting what we desired rationalization right 
So in the gate 24, we're going to have to, we're going to see, now this won't be just your personal struggle. This is the struggle for the collective. This is the collective energy that is moving into forgiveness of the past. We're going to have to forgive in some mighty big ways, right? In order to feel gratitude. This is one of the big gratitude gates in human design where gratitude, thank you for the experiences. Yes, I did not like being sick. That was not my favorite thing, but what did it give me opportunity to do? To rest from having used a lot of energy over the past week or the week previous. It is also a connection to mother earth, right? Taurus energy rules mother earth and connecting, grounding ourselves in, right? So even though this is a head energy or an energy of what we would think of as the mind, it really is used best when first grounded in with the earth, our connection, right? And then being able to use some of the best Taurus traits, persistence, and the ability to steadily move forward step-by-step step toward a goal right? Staying in the flow, but also taking a, a steadfast sort of way of looking at the world. Patience, not necessarily a Taurus trait, but I think you can take the stubbornness of Taurus energy and you can play it out as persistence, or you can play it out as patience, right? Stubborn, I'm waiting, right? I'm ready and I'm waiting. So the idea here in the gate of blessings is to retell the story of all of the experiences of humanity and because this is collective right if this was your own personal one it would be you retelling your own story but here we get an opportunity to tell a new story a story of blessings it's not that we want our we, we want to be ignorant of the past it's not that we don't want to value the experiences that we've had but those experiences are in the past and they brought us to where we are now and where we are now is where we need to have the blessings right where we want to connect to blessings so yay though i've had all these things happen or all these different experiences i'm now moving forward right and i'm understanding how it is that those you know, tragedies or dramas or traumas have brought me to where I am. And now I can be grateful for those experiences and I can go on and I can, with forgiveness, move forward. So it's a really interesting energy for the next three and a half, four months. Now the South node, the South node is in Scorpio. So these, this energy of the gate 44 is the energy of Scorpio. And it is called truth in quantum human design. And in the traditional human design, it was called the gate of energy. Uh, I really like truth better. So I, I stay with the quantum human design name here. Uh, it is also on the spleen center here, right down here. So 44 is also a possible gate for fear. And the fear here is about the past. It, it fears that the past is going to repeat itself. So it really takes us into old patterns and wants us to progress beyond carrying the baggage of the past. So really, truly, the South Node at the gate 44 is taking us on a journey of transformation. It is literally moving us out of the scorpion sting and likely into the gate of or into the, the vision of the eagle, right? The being able to see things from a higher perspective. But I think it takes us further. I think it takes us into the energy of the phoenix, right? Dying to the old so that we can be reborn in the new. So what we have to let go of is our over-identification with the past, with uh, the story of the past. And that is different than not paying attention to what we've learned from the past, right? This is more like we look to the past and we see the mistakes. We think, you know, all of the people involved in helping us awaken to what, what the past is holding for has held for us or has meant to us and we start to release ourselves from that story and we move on into a, a new pattern we can create a new pattern the 44 used to also be called the gate of patterns and this is um the these 
these grievances or this over identification with the past holds is holding on to our grievances, our wounds, our unforgiveness, right? As a, a race, as a humans, as a planet, right? There's a whole history of different time periods that held different energies that this seems to be our, um, our trial uh, right now, humans, to let go of the strength of that past, of holding us to those old concepts and those old beliefs so that we can move forward. So the, the past holds the doom and gloom scenarios, right? The doom and gloom. So we've got to let go of the doom and gloom. Yeah, so we've been through recessions. We've been through depressions. We've been through wars. We've been through chaos. We've been through riots. We've been through, you name it, right? We've been through, but we have to have the courage. And this gate gives us the courage to look forward, right? To, to see and learn from the past, but not to hold on so tightly to the past that we can't move forward. So we're breaking old patterns in the 44, uh, in the South Node, while we are seeing the blessings of everything that we've learned and taking those blessings forward with gratitude and forgiveness and making new connections. So hopefully all of that makes sense for everyone. Now, in your own charts, by the way, this is going to impact you, right? It is going to impact you even if it isn't your own North Node, South Node because you're part of the collective, right? So we're witnessing, if you will, these energies. We're witnessing, and then we are participating in either holding on to the past or walking forward with faith and gratitude into the future. Now, to me, this is really a wonderful energy for December, and we carry this energy into the new year. And it gives us a sort of optimistic point of view as we walk down into the future, right? As we walk through this month, as we walk through next month, and as we walk into 2023. So I'm really happy about this, but I also know those notes are treacherous, right? They bring up the situations. They bring up to our awareness where we're not aligned with gratitude where we're not aligned in this case with forgiveness, where we are not aligned with releasing ourselves from the past. It brings it all up into our consciousness so that we'll deal with it collectively, right? So yes, indeed, Christine Buckingham, lots of shadow work, right? Shadow work, because the only way that we, you and I, we cannot change the collective, but we can change how we interact, how we deal with our own stuff, and that changes eventually the collective, right? Good morning, Terry. It's good to see you out there, Terry Strauss. Pam Zaruba says, unconscious Neptune in 44. Uh, I believe that all of us born in the early 60s, so 61 for sure, 62, I believe, and even maybe possibly 63, we have Neptune at the gate 44. It almost feels like it was our spiritual job to be the bringers of this new energy. And I just, I got to tell you guys, in human design, the pandemic began with the sun in the gate 44, line 4, 44.4 or 444. And it wasn't just COVID. I mean, all pandemics have their beginnings, if you will, in that particular gate. So don't you think it's interesting then that perhaps a pandemic, a flu, COVID, whatever the pandemic happens to be, is a vehicle, a tool of the divine for creating consciousness shifts. Mm -hmm. So the story then about COVID, as much as I detest the idea that we've had to go through this, might be that it started the process of our changing uh, our evolution of consciousness. And um, yeah, Terry, in, in not 64 uh, in Neptune, but you could have it somewhere else. And if for no other reason, if you don't have it anywhere, it doesn't matter because now you do. <laughs> now you will, you'll have the South Node sitting at 44 all the way through the month of January. So a long-term um, transit that will be impacting you. So what I say about that is for those of you who don't have 50 or 44 defined at all with anything, 
you might suddenly be coming face to face with the past and where it is you're holding on to the past or where you hold a fear of the past repeating itself, right? For those of you who do not have the gate 24 normally, right? I carry gate 24 and 44 uh, normally. So for those of you though, who don't have the 24, you might suddenly come into face-to-face -face connection with, well, where is it that I rationalize why I can't have what I want or why things are happening to me that I didn't want to have happen to me? Where am I repeating a story of um, things that I never got or that people never allow me to have or go, you know, any story where, where are you not seeing the blessings in the stories, right? In the traumas and the dramas and the experiences. So for those of you who don't have those gates defined normally at all, you might find yourself suddenly processing a whole lot of stuff. And for those of you who do have those gates already, you might also find, you know, little gems of things that uh, have been left undone uh, that you need to complete with during this period of time. So you don't get away with it, right? It's all there for us. Uh, okay, questions. Let's see, I'm going to go back a little bit. Uh, Christine Buckingham has a North Node at 44.3, and then uh, 44.5 is the Scorpio Moon, sole purpose. Interesting, right? So you are someone who's carrying a message from the past, a lot of baggage from the past that um, through your Scorpio journey of transformation here, you're letting go of. You might be carrying uh, perhaps even some of the more um, generational uh, ancestral um, beliefs and patterns that you're here to break in this lifetime. That would be how I would kind of look at that. Uh, okay. So I don't see any other questions. Let's draw a couple of cards for our week ahead. I'm going to draw a Pleiadian Earth card. And then I think an animal. Uh, hello. Um, or not. Oh, yeah, there you are. I tipped the box upside down. <laughs> So then all my cards got put back in different order. So this is a Pleiadian Earth Energy card that will be for the week. And while I'm doing this, let me remind everybody on Wednesday, I will be live on air with Tam of the Energy Almanac as we take a look ahead at December's energy. And um, then I will also be on air on Friday. And then Wednesday afternoon... I believe it'll be three o'clock West Coast time. I will be on Angel Heart Radio with Annette McCoy, uh, also looking ahead to December and taking a look at the blessings uh, of December. So I pulled the card. I, I believe we've had this card before. I'm not sure, but it is card number eight, relationship, being different. Being different is neither good nor bad. It is just different. Such a great moon in Aquarius card to get. Uh, let's see here if I can. Here we go. Being different. You may feel that you are different from others around you. That's not a bad thing. Different does not mean wrong. You are not truly separate from others because of your differences, even if they hold opposite viewpoints. It takes many viewpoints to realize a greater perspective in most situations. Your differences reflect your gifts and talents, the South Node, gifts and talents sitting right there, which are needed for creating a more whole and integrated humanity, moving that out into the North Node. If others do not understand you, simply accept that your views are different from theirs without judging them or feeling judged yourself. Compassion for different viewpoints supports a healthier connection. Whether you feel different or not, you are always connected to others. There is no separation in true, unconditional love ever. So it's the universal energy eight of connection, connection and abundance. Greater connection is always achieved through honoring others' perspectives, connecting you more deeply to your human family. It's a beautiful card, beautiful message, and also very Aquarian. All right, let's get an animal to guide us through the week. 
uh, Christine says, ancestral matters make sense. Um, thank you very much, Christine. Tina Wilnauer, can you explain the gate 44 again? I It's nine o'clock and I, my hour is just about up, but you can certainly replay this recording. It's on um, uh, YouTube. It's also on Facebook. So the recording is there. But basically the 44 is on the Spleen Center in Human Design. It is all about our um, energy of holding on to the past right? Holding on to the past and we need to be able to see those patterns and release those patterns. You guys are going to laugh when you see the card I pulled for the animal of the week. I pulled it upside down, but it is the skunk. <laughs> skunk spirit says, know your worth. So know your worth. It is card 54, which is a nine, but it was in protection. So that means I'm going to read it from the protection standpoint. Skunk. I don't think we've gotten skunk in a long time. If ever, I don't remember. Protection here. Not everyone will appreciate you. Many people have issues of their own to address and you may trigger something in them. But if so, no matter, skunk spirit calls you to be fully yourself without apology. Now is a time for honesty and admitting that something does not sit right for you. You deserve the self-respect that comes when you courageously choose to stand up for yourself and speak your truth in love. Remember who you are and what really matters to you and act with integrity. You will be so glad you did, skunk. <laughs> I think that backs up our message for the day as well. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, that is it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I seriously appreciate you fully in gratitude for your presence in my life, for letting me share what I love to share. And I hope to see you all Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. right here, Pacific time with Tam to talk about December or alternatively, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Angel Heart Radio uh, with Annette McCoy. Take care now. See you later.